What up, everyone? It's your girl, and all fine girl, no pimples. How you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing okay. Welcome to my podcast. Welcome to Dear Former In-Laws. It is your host, NL Georgette Inwek. Thank you so much. It's been a while, but who's checking? I will say in advance that we have some background ambiance. So if you hear cars, we are just sitting here enjoying outside. We outside! <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for those of you who have been supporting me on this journey. Thank you for those who have been rocking with me for a while. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Don't forget to share this podcast where I keep it real all day, every day when I'm posting, perhaps. Don't forget to join me on Instagram. There's a page waiting for you. It's called Dear Former In-Laws. It's only apropos. I have a book on Amazon. It's called Girl, You Will Be Fine. It is a journal for those who are who've gone through a breakup. It's an opportunity for you to self-reflect, an opportunity for you to check in with yourself, dote on yourself, journal. It's a journey of love. It continues to be one. Don't forget to go there. If you buy one, please don't forget to tag me on social media. Thank you so much. Let's just jump right into it. In today's video, I want to talk to you about my divorce. Yes, let's talk about it. You guys, there's so much to say, but I'm feeling very generous. And today I was having a conversation with someone and I just wanted to reflect over a few things. While I'm working on books and telling my story and talking about the autobiography and even the fiction version of it, I also just want to put it somewhere. I want to house this conversation and not in a particular way because I've really gone through a lot of healing and in order to resuscitate this conversation it's definitely going to involve me reliving and facing some ugly truths but I just want to make it clear that part of my journey involves recanting my story in different spaces and different places when I talk to women about overcoming obstacles or when I talk to women about starting over from scratch in their mid-40s or going back to school at a later age, it involves me having to say why I found myself in that position. So, and one of the things that I am is a very masterful storyteller. So I will paint the picture. I will tell you exactly what was going on when I'm telling a story, if I'm recanting something and it seems very colorful and almost seems as if it's happening in real time. But I almost want to make it clear that it, it will be unfair for me not to point out in this moment that I am fine, that that is a thing of the past. And today I can wholeheartedly say that given who I now know of my ex, that it would have been a disaster to have been with someone like that. So as a result, I'm grateful for the journey. There were so many parts of the journey that I wasn't happy about but given where life was supposed to take me, at this point, I am happy to say that I'm really grateful that I was removed from that space, from his life, however emotionally, financially violent that it was. I'm happy that I'm no longer a member of his family. That is not something that would have served me or my self-esteem or my loved ones in the long run. 
But in order to say this story, I just want to make that very clear. And for those of you who are going on a journey of divorce or breakup, one that really tears you and really challenges you or really fucks with your self-esteem, I want to say that it's my wish for you that you do get to a place where you can look back and say, I am glad that I'm not in that space. I'm glad I'm not with that person. So let's just talk about the hard truth, not just about divorce, my divorce, but the details, and this can no way be a one-time story because it's just too complicated. But I just want to point out a few things that happened along my journey. So for those of you who don't know, and I've said it a million times, I was blindsided by my divorce. It turns out that I married a con man, and I don't believe that there's any one person that knows this person in there entirely. And perhaps based on what was shared with me, maybe his mother is aware of who he is a part of it though because he spent a lot of time spinning narratives around different people it's really one of the things that i've learned about people who love bomb and people who go from place to place especially if they themselves suffer from low self-esteem they will gaslight different groups of people they also lie so it's really difficult for me to say completely that I know for a fact his mother knows who he is, but what I do know is that she was privy to some things about him and she spent a great amount of time with him talking about uh, her own family members or her own husband and and had quite an inappropriate relationship with him when it came to spinning narratives or burdening him with certain things. I remember him telling me that when he was around six years old that she told him how she did not enjoy the sexual relationship that she had with her husband. That's what he told me. So when I think about the perhaps adverse effect that could potentially have had on a child, maybe I can understand why he ended up being who he is. But then again, there are so many people who go through trauma in their upbringing and don't end up being assholes. So I'm not really the one to give credence in this space, especially for someone who purports to be in the spaces and move in personal development spaces and who knows better than to treat people unkindly. So the blindsiding that I received in my divorce was, or pre-divorce, I should say, just in the introduction of the, uh, the onset of the journey was really devastating to me. I, I now believe him when he says he'd been thinking about this for two years. So that was something I was really ashamed about. I was ashamed that he was telling me things that, that that just made me feel like no one is going to believe me. I remember one instant when he told someone that the reason why he was going to ask for a divorce is that I couldn't have kids. Like he just made up a story. I couldn't believe it. Like that was absolutely not true. Less than six weeks ago, we were at the hospital because I was recovering from fibroid surgery, and the doctor said it's absolutely um, a non-issue, if anything, that we just have to, as a a little bit older couple, we have to make sure that we are under the doctor's watch if we're going to proceed to have kids. And I, I confronted him. I said, why did you say that? He said, well, even though it's not true, it's not like you're 24 years old. That threw me for a loop. But if somebody wants to divorce someone because they pretend to want to have kids later on, 
And, and by the way, there will be there will be what may appear to be a lot of shade in this podcast. I promise you it's not shade because it just occurred to me that I remember in 2011 or 2012 when he was asked by my doctor at the time to check his his own sperm to make sure that he's able to have kids. And he knows exactly what the doctor said. And I am so grateful, side note, that I never went on to have children with this person. Imagine being eternally tethered to someone who is a con man, right? So what devastated me on my journey was the fact that there's so many things, so, 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 so many things. But the fact that it was important for him to keep me financially stranded, he told me verbatim that he wanted to blindside me so that I wouldn't be able to gather my bearings in enough time to sue or to go to court and ask for alimony. His biggest thing was, I don't want you to ask for alimony. And I was trying to wrap my mind around the fact that this person was really wanting me to be stranded. Why do you want to make me stranded? Within... 24 hours of asking, of telling me that he wanted a divorce, he told our landlord that he and I have made the decision to move out. So he gave a 30 days notice. And you know what that does? That immediately put me in a position of needing a place to stay. And he made it very clear that whatever money we had as a couple, I was going to have none of it. Mind you, all the debt was in my name. And let me tell you something. I am so embarrassed that that was the case. And so I have friends who sometimes try to tell me, you know what, don't be embarrassed because that's what married couples do. They trust each other and you are just being a trusting person. But that is what put me in a position of not having any money. So long story short, I had to be a charity case in order to move because I had 30 days to find a place now. I did make an attempt to move in with someone because of how abrupt it was. And I didn't think I'd have the mental, the mental, what's the word I'm looking for? Strength to stay on my own because of how violent the emotionally and financially violent the, the, the separation was going to be. And when that person told me I couldn't move in with them, I couldn't wrap my mind around asking for more help. So that's why I had to make the decision of moving in to a place by myself. As much as that was financially difficult, I am so glad that I did because there was there was just too much I was going through and dealing with that I would not have been able to deal with it properly while living with someone. There were too many loud tears, too loud tears, there were too many loud cries, too much crying, too much devastation. So that was rough. And again, I'm going to bastardize this story by just jumping from place to place. One of the things that I remember that was just gross was that he would wake me up during those last 30 days from time to time to say, you better get a job because, you know, I'm not going to help you. I'm not your father. You're not my problem. Just he would just he just turned into a whole different person. Mind you, this is someone who had never been mean to me. Not one time, not one time. And he was starting to tell people narratives he had been building a narrative about who I was on the journey. And I knew that it'll be a matter of time that the truth about who I was would come out. I didn't realize, you guys, until his family in so many ways 
told me that I married A, a con man, and B, the village idiot. And when he would tell me the things that his father was saying to him as he grew up, because his father apparently did not believe that he was, that he was basically that he was he ain't shit. He was a shit, was a no shit guy. He told me his father said in a letter to me, one of the many things that he said was that he had been having problems. He said this to me after the, after we separated, because I wrote this long letter trying to get answers. And at first they were acting like I was being dramatic, but he actually, he ended up writing, and I have this in writing, it's crazy that he had been having problems with women from, for, for eternity. And one of his relatives said they thought that I was going to fix him. Like, I had no idea. I thought I was with a wholesome, whole person. This man would go on to do the same thing to the next person he was with. Let me just also start by saying, when his ex, well, I mean, now ex-girlfriend reached out to me years later to ask me for answers because she wrote this letter to me basically saying that he did the same thing to her and that he used her. And he was physically violent with her in their latter days. But she also made it clear that she had access to the letter that I wrote to his parents. So my whole thing was, how did you write? Why did you have access to the letter that I wrote about him and my concerns about what I was finding out and end up being with him for whatever amount of time that you're with him and then reach out to me to get some clarity? I thought that that was so disingenuous. But the point is, he went on to do that as well. He went on to con her according to her and allegedly went into into her, basically put her in a position where he took money from her and she was concerned that she would never get the money back. One of the things that she wrote in her letter is that he took money from her and spent it on other women. That, I mean, when I tell you, it's crazy. When I look back at their family as a whole, when his sister told me that she did, never wanted the mom to be around under certain circumstances and how she kept her boundaries. When I think about the mom telling me how the father was not somebody that she wanted to end up with, that she just had to settle. When I think about those things that look like people were confiding in me, even though I didn't have that dynamic in my family, I look back and I think that those were total red flags. A lot of those red flags happened when they thought I was, quote, a family member, so they were sharing. But what I wish I would have done is start to use that to prepare mentally and think to myself that this is not sustainable. Although this was not happening in my actual relationship, when you have extended family members who are like this, it can trickle in because these people are not well. Bottom line, they're not well. A divorce is very devastating because there's so many financial things that happen. And being stranded financially was embarrassing to me. I was so ashamed that I was with someone who wanted me to be stranded. He was lying to people. And to this day, I think I was really obsessed with, and the reason why I think the reason why I was sending my letters out to all his family members is that I really wanted to be heard. I felt so unheard. I, I felt, what did I do to deserve someone treating me like this? I had never been unkind to this person. This was my person. Like, what did I do? Why couldn't you leave, right? My, my thought processes were, why couldn't he leave without being 
without dragging me through the mud. And then on top of it, I had people in my immediate circle who were extremely judgmental about it. There were some people who said, I wouldn't want to be your friend anymore because my husband and I or my wife and I feel like we... We want to be with someone who's, we want to be around someone who's married. I had one friend who got married and she thought, you know what? I can't be friends with you because you're now tainted. You know, it's, it was just a lot. I had people who were Christians who were telling me, you know, maybe God didn't bless you. This was God's punishment. I remember one girl telling me that I should go and beg my husband. That is that, that just a lot, right? It was so much. But one of the things that happens, you guys, in the midst of all the dirty is that there were people that came through, total strangers. I, shout out to Bobby who gave me clothes, expensive clothes of his to sell so that I was able to raise funds to have a place to stay. Shout out to David Gold who helped me rehearse for how it was to go to interviews out in the world because I was working for myself and I hadn't been in corporate America for a while. So shout out to that. Shout out to Antonia who cooked so many meals for me. And many of those meals lasted for days and and allowed me to have things to eat. Because one of the hardest things for me on my journey was money. I had to sell so many of the things that were important to me. I lost everything. I lost everything. And in the midst of all of this, my parents were both having surgery. My mom was, was, my mom was dealing with something where... I was told that she might die at the time. I was in a very dark place, much of which I will not describe here, but it was rough. I lost my confidence. I lost my ability to process, to make, for things to make sense. I lost my trust in myself. I didn't judge. I, I, I hated that. I couldn't judge character. I would go on to make so many mistakes. I became needy. And I, I realized I had to work on myself. I had to get real help to make sure I was back to being myself. Because of it, you know, I have extreme grace for different people. But there were certain places I would go, for example, I've talked about this before, where I would go, the first three jobs that I had during my divorce, and I remember going to this one job, we'll talk about that in a second. But the first three jobs that I had during my divorce, I, each of those jobs, I had very little self-esteem. My whole thing on those jobs was, you know what? I have to keep this job so that I don't, I don't, I have to keep this job. So I would put up with so much nonsense. I didn't realize there was so much nonsense in workspaces. That's what I just would do. And then I was like, I got to stop. I've got to go get help. I've got to get help because what is making me put up with this amount of actual abuse at a workplace? I never want to need anything or anyone to the degree that I did. Because I lost myself in it. Nothing is more important to me than my own sanity. No one is more important to me than peace of mind. I remember an instance where I was talking to someone about what she was going through. And I realized, you know what? People need to talk about the things that ail them emotionally, spiritually. I stopped trusting God for the longest time. I was so devastated. Till this moment, I I just... I have so much disgust for Christians. I've never met an empowered Christian. But I definitely know that I believed in a higher being. I believed in God. But people were trash. And it was very, those are all things that I had to work on. So I really did work through years and years of getting help and finally, you know, being in a position to empower myself. One of the things that I 
found very difficult to do was to 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 afford on my journey was feminine products for women. For those of you who don't know, I suffered from fibroids, which are benign tumors that make you bleed heavily during your period. And I used to have to make the decision. I was so ashamed. I didn't share a lot of this with my family because I also was projecting on them. I thought that I was a disgrace to the family because of the divorce. It was a whole lot going on, a whole lot, a whole lot of going on. But I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to start a foundation to help women who are in transition. Women who are on the streets, what do they do when they need to use feminine products? What do they do when they are, when they need just a quick bite? What do they do when they just want some words of encouragement? And then in 2017 or 18, actually, no, it had to be 19, sorry, 2019, I started a project where I go out to the streets and I hand out packages, what I'm going to call them care packages, to women for free. It's a gift bag, a small gift bag that includes toiletries. And during COVID, it included COVID supplies. But it definitely included a uh, a card, handwritten card, saying something nice to them, introducing myself to them, just the first name, and also giving them money, a small amount of cash. Sometimes it's $5, sometimes it's 15 And I think on um, a rare occasion, it was 20 And that's because I'm pulling a lot of that money out of my own pocket. One of the things I hope to do in real in, soon enough is to start a nonprofit where I can formalize this and make sure that I, I'm able to raise funds to do this. And I also, on the journey, wrote several books. Um, and I really encourage you to go to Amazon and search for those books to see which of those can serve you. But one of my other goals is to take my anti-bullying children's book and to be able to give them for free to women who are in transition with children who need to understand how to stand up for themselves in spaces where they need to advocate for themselves. So those are some of the things that this journey inspired as well. But it wouldn't be me if I didn't just talk about, you know, not just trying to look for happiness after a divorce, but also to talk about the fact that if you're going through it, just know that it is a phase. I remember one thing. I always said, this is going to pass. This is going to pass. I used to say the truth will come out. And I know that one of the things that I had to do was forgive myself. I was, for, I'm talking about for years, I was so embarrassed about the fact that he took all of my money, our money, and left me with our debt. I was so devastated, and he didn't care. This is somebody who I met with no money, and I helped him build his empire. I had so much regrets of, I want people to know what I did. I wanted people to know how I helped, because I felt like his story was the only narrative that people were listening to. But you know what? The way justice works and the way my ancestors work, the way my good fortune works is that my legacy is going to be one of healing and bouncing back and giving back. And that's going to be my karma. And on the flip side, his legacy, his karma is going to be negatively affected forever. It trickles down to his family the young ones, and everyone that encounters this evil person. I used to be ashamed and regretful for the days I ever met him. I was so mad at myself for a long time. 
that the day that he approached me, I should have walked away. I should have never said anything. But no, the story became one of triumph and it was a difficult one. And you know, it's so crazy because one day after leaving me devastated and stranded on the streets of this LA, so to speak, this man reached out to me in 20, he reached out to me several times. But one of the more sinister ones was when he wrote a couple of times. One time he wrote a letter saying, I just had a conversation with a friend. Uh, yeah, this is my his voice, right? I just had a conversation with a friend and they told me that if they were the ones that they would want, she would want her ex to apologize. So this is me apologizing. I'm sorry that I didn't give the relationship a chance. I was like, interesting. You think an apology is going to undo the karma that you're destined for? And to even make it more sinister, not too long after that, he went into PayPal to send me $2,000 for some kind of atonement. Thank goodness for the feature to be able to reverse that. He started to stalk me on my social media and try to put, um, tried to put, comments in the videos that I had and thankfully I didn't get to see those comments I learned so much but you go ahead and deal with your karma and I deal with mine you guys this divorce journey was ugly and the reason I share it is because again the bounce back game is strong but really and truly it's to help other people and I get a lot of my healing from that because sometimes I remember how gross it was. And I do think about, I, I'm not sad in the moment, but I'm sad that I went through that. I'm sad about the things that I couldn't talk about. I'm sad about, I used to be sad about, the th- sad about what I was suffering and how silenced I felt at the time. That's the, that's the sad part. But that's not, what, again, like I said earlier, that's not where I am. I am grateful that that union ended. Imagine if this person, con man that he was, waited for me to be 55 or 65 before he said it, or even did it during COVID, because that's how ugly and evil he was. I think, I think, I am so thankful that that didn't happen. But because of that journey, I'm able to keep checking in with myself to make sure that I make myself proud, that I'm empowered, that I empower other people. When I go to spaces to speak to children about self-advocacy, when I think about women who don't have insurance, because one of the things that happened on my journey is that immediately he asked for the divorce, he canceled my insurance. Mind you, this is someone who could not get health insurance and I fought and advocated for him to be able to get put back on insurance. He couldn't get insurance for nothing and he canceled mine. And today I realized that there's so many women in that position. I can't wait for my foundation to grow to a point where I can help women with their insurance payments or give them the resources. I'm already having conversations with one company that will help me be able to have um, confidence talks with women who need that one-on-one coaching because God knows that my confidence was shot on the journey. You guys... This is what happened on my divorce. Those are some of the truths about my divorce, but I will be remiss in saying that I have so many things that are behind me at this time. And the reason I bring it up is that I never want anyone to forget, even myself, where I came from. Don't ever look at me and say, oh, she's got it made. I I have gone through so much, but this is meant to 
impress upon you that if you're going through something right now, it's crazy how your life can change. It was just in 2016 and 2017 that I was staying in my car. I had to sleep in my car because of the emotional abuse that this person was putting me through, waking me up at night to say, go get a job. There's a lady that I found on in Van Nuys. She has a like a little room, you're going to find yourself on the sleep, you, on the street, you know, and I was like not wanting to deal with this. So I would stay in my car just to get peace, you know, but who, who what are you going through? What are you dealing with? How has your confidence been shot? That was me in 2016. Seven, eight years ago, I never thought I'd be able to talk about it without being devastated. I'm excited for the documentary that I'm going to to share. And the idea is that you know that whatever you're going through, going through in six, seven years, six, seven months, and to be honest, six, seven days, a lot can change. Don't lose hope. Keep your eye on the prize. I want to encourage you to be inspired by this. I want to encourage you that you may not believe it for yourself, but just wait. Just wait. Time will reveal how strong you are. I never thought I could do it. Time will reveal you don't have to fight or advocate for yourself all the time. I want it so badly to be heard. I want it so badly for people to believe that I didn't do anything wrong. Time will show everything. Time will show everything. You will be fine. Girl, you've got this. You've got this. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining me on this journey. I appreciate your support. Don't forget to go to Amazon, buy my book. Yo, that was a long-ass vlog, a podcast. Thank you. Remember what I always say. It's up to you to make it a great day. Thank you for listening.